Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to another episode of the penny bloom podcast tis i colton robertson and to kick off 2022 i am joined by joseph george what's up homie what's up brand new year got some brand new year great movies coming up here so let's let's lay out the plan for the people first week of january this be there are 52 weeks in a year there are. Over the course of these next 52 weeks, we will be covering one film per week, at the least. Uh, and this first week, we start in 1970. Next week, we on to 1971. The week after that, 72. So on and so forth for all 52 weeks in the year, all the way up to that last week in December, where hmm. we will be covering a movie from this year, 2022. So I'm very excited about the project, and here we start with 1970, and uh, I don't I, I I looked I looked about for 1970 films. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are we gonna cover? I uh, I'm unfamiliar. Like the 80s is when I get really strong with my with my knowledge of like what came out in what year. Yeah. Uh, the 70s gets yeah. a little shaky for me. So when I found that Mash came out in 1970, I was like. You know what? That is an extremely culturally relevant name that I have heard. I don't know much about. So how about we get into it? So we're yeah. starting this whole project mm. in 1970 with MASH. Let's do it, baby. I'm glad. Right. Uh, it's kind of fitting that MASH starts it off in a way. Um, I don't know why. It just kind of felt like a good starting point. Like no. this is it, it spun into this huge TV show. That's massively popular. I know nothing about the show or the movie, you know, before today. So it was uh, really interesting to to watch this movie, you know, just go back to the 70s, you know, like what movies were like. More than anything, and it's interesting because this movie is set in the Korean War, which took mm-hmm. place 1950 to 1953. However, this movie felt thoroughly 70s because of the filmmaking and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to lay out some I'm going to lay out the groundwork here. It premiered January 25th, 1970. So fitting we're we're doing this January 1970. We're almost exactly 52 years later. That's pretty uh, sick. That's pre- almost almost exactly. And uh, it's from the novel by Richard Hooker, written by Ring Lardner, Jr., and directed by Robert Altman. And uh, fun fact, Robert Altman, native Kansas Cityan from Kansas City, Missouri. Man. So uh, getting some love. This is a good place for us to start. I'm going to say, I'm going to say. And this was, uh, this was a fun, this is a fun movie. And uh, definitely, definitely a product of its time. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to hype this movie up too much mm. because it is problematic now. Uh, but I can tell that if you are, if you're alive in 1970, this is a, this is a fun, good movie. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, yeah. Obviously now it is aged to a point where it is overwhelmingly sexist, mm-hmm. uh, plenty of racism, uh, and a, a homophobic streak in the middle that is fascinating. Very, uh, yeah, I was, uh, very, uh, t- like taken away by that. I'm like, wow, I did not expect like no, that to be in this like, movie at all. And you know what? This is going to be this. We're going to we're going to dive into the movie. So mm-hmm. spoilers ahead for the movie Mash from 1970. Uh, let's uh, let's start with a, a base synopsis of of this film here. Uh, we're following uh, two surgeons, two army surgeons through the uh, during the Korean War, and uh, they're basically throughout the movie using their own humor and uh, hijinks, which often were extremely extremely sexist uh to kind of get through this 
uh, ultimately at its core, what I do appreciate about this movie is that it is anti-war. Nobody wants to be there. Nobody is happy with what's happening. And that's like, that's the driving force behind everything that happens in this movie is them trying to survive and be happy. It's like, even though this movie came out in the seventies and it's very different from today, they were self-aware enough, you know, like in the seventies, this was, this was like a self-aware movie. And like, I could, I could see why it became very popular. Oh, and and another, another thing about this movie too, is that it is very caricature. It's Mm. very satirical. Like it's like this, this is a depiction of the army to the extreme of what these guys are like. And probably not that extreme in terms of like, especially for the period, what they would, what they would do to entertain themselves, Mm -hmm. such as uh, unveiling a woman in the shower for the whole camp to see. Uh, that one, that one was like, I know in 1970 that's getting laughs, and even today that's getting laughs from some people. Mm-hmm. However, very, very uncool. Very, Just very to see uncool. if she is a true blonde. It was over a, a $25 bet or $50 bet. That's all it was. All Got the whole damn. camp to watch in for it. Yeah, that's uh... <laughs> and even. At the very end of the movie, the credits was kind of cool. Like, uh, there was no credits. It was just star. Like, you know, it like. Well, and it, this is, this is interesting because mm. we're, we're starting here, 1970. Star Wars is the first movie that doesn't have credits at the beginning. There's a title, there's a title sequence and everything at the beginning of this movie. And there is in every movie up until 1977. Wow. When Star Wars changes the game and is kind of ousted from like, critical acclaim for a little bit because of it like they, they, it broke some rules and we'll get to that more when it's 1977 however them plugging this was my favorite credit sequence like ever the fact this was that cool yeah was really cool. like i i loved the way they did it the way that like it came over the 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 pa system like it was like throughout the whole movie how mm-hmm. they had that going in the background and obviously what they had during the movie was kind of problematic too they had the they had the Japanese radio playing overhead, and it was very, very caricature and very, and they had they had a lot of a lot of racism, especially oh, yeah. especially directed towards uh, the Japanese, which was uh, which was interesting. There was, I mean, like the part where Donald Sutherland and uh, Elliot Gold arrive to Japan to play some golf, <laughs> and uh, they stand up inside their jeep and start imitating uh, Japanese the Japanese language, and it's like. Ah, fuck. This is not good. This is, uh, so I- I'm going to tell you, this took me, it's an hour and 56 minute movie. It took me four 30 minute installments. Yeah, uh, it was, uh, this was an interesting movie to watch because like, I don't know. It's, it's just, uh, it's not like the story is riveting and gripping, you know, it's not, it, it, you know, it's not anything like that. It's just a uh, sit back and just try to watch and, and have some laughs if you can but a lot of it was just kind of like uh yeah yeah i guess (laughs) like they're elliot gold and donald sutherland the lead the leading men you know uh donald sutherland playing hawkeye and uh elliot gold playing dr mcintyre uh they are electric on screen together i love them together they're fun as fuck when they're not like when they're not being racist or sexist or homophobic they were really fun to watch and you know, like it's it it truly is just like a real a real deal product of its time. And mm-hmm. like obviously, nineteen seventy, we're in the heat of the Vietnam War, so there was an anti there was an anti war sentiment going around. So I appreciate them putting this movie out in nineteen seventy, like because mm-hmm. that shit, yeah, I'm like until seventy five. That t- those two, like they're definitely the duo of the movie. Um, I mean, so, they, I mean that they. You know, it's that's what the movie's about. But like, whenever they the guy comes up to him, you know, with the orders of going to Japan, and they just fake out like the are like, oh, we gotta check you out seriously. Like, oh, I, I might be able to save your life. This is like a one in five. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like that. Like, you know, whenever oh. they were doing stuff like that, like that was like they just I don't know. They worked really well together. I loved the uh, the scenes where character they characters like hello they like they like talked over <laughs> all of each other and handshook and like they did the whole thing and apparently this is a real mark of uh robert altman's like directorial style apparently a lot of this movie is also uh improv- improvisational like a lot of uh, that makes spot. sense 
Yeah, but while while maintaining a general script by mm-hmm. Ring Lardner Jr. Like <laughs> apparently there was plenty of uh, improv on the set, and it created for this. Uh, you know, like it's it's defined as a black comedy because it really is. There are moments in this where it's like, oh, this is also like a war film. We are watching blood shoot out of this man's neck, and yeah, uh, they they were pretty gruesome <laughs> in uh, some of these surgical scenes and stuff like that. Um, it, I, this movie, like, I don't know, it was just uh, I just had ride. I didn't know what to expect going into it, and then just you know the movie happens i'm watching it and i'm just like i guess i was expecting more but i i'm not disappointed by the movie you know like i'm not let down but like uh, that's what's interesting about this this project in general hmm. is that like i'm gonna be approaching these from a largely objective standpoint and because they are mostly cultural touch points that we're going to be covering for the next 52 weeks they're probably going to be all right. Like they're not going to be, they're not going to be bad movies that we're watching. Yeah. They're going to be one of the top movies of the year. I mean, if not, I mean, there there are, there are a few exceptions that I've slid in here. Like, uh, like I wanted to get a variety in, in genre and stuff. So I think we're going to be covering like an eighties anime film at some point. Like, like I think that's 1989. Whoever wants to go find whatever 1989 anime movie I might be talking about, go for it. But, uh, it's 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 going to be a lot of fun. And to start with such a, I don't know, I want to say laid back. Because it was, it was low key for, yeah. for the most part. Like it oh, really yeah. is just them trying to get by. And uh, I, I I appreciate that angle of the movie. And I think that a modern take on this could be, could be really, really well executed. Uh, and I mean, like, like I said, the the cast was fucking fantastic. I mean, Donald Sutherland, Elliot Gold, and then uh, Robert Duvall played uh, Major Burns, who mm. uh, sleeps with, uh, quote, Hot Lips. And yeah. Hot Lips is like, strangle me, Major, strangle me. That's one thing. One thing that is timeless and will always be funny is sex. Anything dealing with sex. Penis, boob, butt. Anything, it's always funny. Like that, like that's what I've, I, I, even in the 70s, they're joking about it. It's like, it's the same stuff, man. It's never going to get old. Like, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It, like, almost, I, I was looking at like how many jokes of this movie were sexual. Like, and it's, it's like, I'd say at least 60%. Oh, it's of, most of, of the movie. movie. Like, yeah. and, and like, there's even more, there, there's so much more comedy in this that like now, isn't comedy like it's, it's like it's a very different kind of comedy no yeah, yeah like like yeah. now it's stuff that like if you if you put some of this in a 2021 movie this movie is absolutely fucking garbage like you were getting flamed and canceled and all of that <laughs> uh, yeah it, it's uh because there's there's just so much sexual harassment like that's that's the only way i can put it is that like uh like the way they they harassed the, the blonde lieutenant and uh even that even... night, even the the night where she became Hot Lips, she was, uh, you know, the, the dude was like, "Hey, I'll I'll, uh, I'll come back later to check in on you." She she goes, "No, that's fine. I'm okay." And he goes, "No, don't worry about it. I'll come and check you out." She's like, "Oh, okay. I'll leave the door unlocked." Like it's like yeah. uh like just every I don't know. It's like they went out of their way to make every sexual encounter sex. I guess I mean it's the seventies. It's just how people thought. But. Yeah, that was a ma- major <laughs> Margaret, major Margaret Hot Lips, but man, yeah. played by Sally Kellerman, and she was like, she was a fun role too. I mean, and there was just there was the 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 priest mm. who uh, was uncomfortable uh, giving a man uh, salvation who was about to commit suicide. Wow! Oh, yeah, ooh. whenever that came up. Dude, that scene was absolutely <laughs> horrible. Just, hey guys, I'm thinking about committing suicide. How are you thinking about doing it? Like, oh, whoa, I was like, and I under like it's they're being. I don't know. I couldn't tell if it was like okay. No, it's not. It's not a modern this. Like, if this was in a modern movie, it would be satirical to the point of like, like yeah, we don't like this isn't talked about enough. You know, like men hide their feelings whenever they talk about this stuff. And this is exactly yeah. what was happening. But like, that wasn't really, 
it wasn't the point that they were trying to make here. Yeah. Because uh, the way that I interpret this scene, this whole this whole sequence goes on way too long, too. It's like a 15 minute chunk right out of the middle of the movie where they are uh, where. Uh, oh, what was what was the character's name? Uh, painless. Was it sh- painless or was it? Yeah. Captain painless. Because uh, yeah, he was the uh, the dentist. He was the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever he can't get it up, mm-hmm. to uh, to cohort with a uh, with a woman, mm-hmm. and uh, he has to admit to not his one, not his two, but his three wives that uh, that he's gay, and that's just not enough for him, you know, or that's too much for him. So it's yeah. uh, the only option is suicide. And I well, and like, like I think. <laughs> It, okay, the it's only really part funny. that I laughed is whenever he was like, you know, whenever you have to tell a woman, you know, some or something like that, and he's like, well, that's my problem, but multiplied. Like that was that, it was like a one-liner. Like oh, that yeah, was the that only one was like, funny. He, well, like, and it's also <laughs> interesting because I can't tell. Like, I think they were making like they were making fun of him for not being able to get it up by calling him gay. Yeah, and then the conclusion that he was gay drove him to be like, okay, well then I'm going to commit suicide, and that's that's mm. where I have beef. You okay, know, like, that makes that I don't think he was gay. Like, that's I think true. He was so I think he was so in his head that he was like, well, shit, I have a erectile dysfunction. I, I didn't even think like about him. it like that. Yeah, that's totally true. Like that's totally what they were going for. Dang. Yeah, and because because I mean, like, what they put the they. They fucking drug him and then have him sleep. They they and that they sick a woman on him to sleep with, and it's like God. This whole scene is just hard to fucking watch. This is just painful, especially considering this dude took this pill thinking he was gonna die taking it. And I thought he was. I thought he was dead. Like I did. I like I thought he was dead. I'm like, wow. They really just like he really, really just did, did that. And then <laughs> and then this happens. I'm like, wow. Like they just wow. Like. I don't know. It's this movie was really like you don't know what's going at, to happen next. Like no, you, I, you think you have an idea of where this movie's going? Nope. Like, <laughs> and I would be interested, like if the if the series is kind of similar in tone. Mm. Like, uh, like is it mostly just these dudes hanging out, shoot shooting the shit? And what I've heard is like they, uh, you know how they were like drinking martinis. In uh, like at earlier parts of the movies and, and stuff, dude like brought, a dude brought olives. Apparently, the show out. like that's a lot more like them just chilling, having martinis and stuff. That at least that is what I have gathered is from the show is that it's more of the dudes just hanging out and like it's just their interactions that are funny. You know, I well, and, I, and that's that's frankly that's what we love about most shows. Like I think like for example, Game of Thrones. Obviously, we love the big battles, and we love you know the battle of Battle of Winterfell and uh, fucking the Battle of the Bastards and shit like that. We love those episodes, but what makes Game of Thrones Game of Thrones are the episodes where it's just a bunch of people talking in rooms. That's like that, those episodes were the shit, and mm-hmm. frankly, that's what I enjoy about most. That's why the sitcom genre is so fun. It's just a group of people hanging out, and uh, I think that this is a this is a good example of that genre. Obviously. Uh, you know, seventies and not not exactly uh, politically correct in tone. Mm. Uh, Didn't which notice. Is to be exce- which is to be expected throughout this throughout this the course of our watch here, especially early on here in the seventies. Mm. Like we're gonna run into a lack of representation, a lack of uh, a lack of uh, social awareness. Like there's just gonna be a bunch of stuff that's like hard to watch for for a little bit and. Mm. Uh, It'll be a I, common trend for a couple years. Oh, for a couple, Maybe for a couple a weeks little, here, for a yeah. couple weeks here at least. I mean, the representation thing will extend into the '90s, but uh, the '70s. I mean, we got The Godfather lined up and Jaws and Star Wars. Like we got, we got some cultural touch points that like don't really. I mean, like I don't know. I haven't watched The Godfather in fucking years, but uh, I'm ready to give that one a rewatch. Mm-hmm. But uh. I'm just glad that I'm going to be able to expand my like movie knowledge from this. This is like a beautiful way to have just like I guess how many Decades years? Of- so 52 years of movies. Like 
that in like I don't know, like movies before the seventies. Like I'm trying to think, and like obviously there's like the big classics, but like I feel like the seventies is really where like it starts Hollywood taking starts taking off. Yeah, like movies. Yeah. Are and I mean, big. like there are there are fantastic examples from the sixties. I mean, like uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Mm. That's Stanley Kubrick. Strange movie. Strange I, movie, but it's it's iconic. Yeah, it is cool. Straight like I knew it was a space movie, so I was like, "Yep, I'm digging this. I'm gonna love it probably." And then like not a single word spoken for like forty some minutes, and then there's just gorillas and you know like. Anyways, getting getting off topic with a space odyssey, but like it's uh yeah the sixties like, yeah, yeah the, uh, Casino Royale like James Bond mm, movies in the sixties mm. and stuff like so like there were some there there's plenty of good examples of like there's plenty of stuff from the sixties but you know I wanted to time this right mm-hmm. 70, 70 through twenty twenty two that feels uh that feels good mm-hmm. yeah, this was uh, a a very interesting watch that's for sure. Um, well, and a- another thing that's interesting about this project too is that some movies will not garner an hour, an hour and a half of discussion. Like this one, I don't feel like this one's one that we need to do to do much more with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's it was just a really interesting watch, especially to kick to kick this whole thing off. And uh, I have some, uh, I took some high notes. Mm. <laughs> while whilst whilst watching mm-hmm. and uh i thought the uh the opening song was a very very good way to kick it off the suicide is painless mm-hmm. and i think it's uh you know the guy who tries to commit suicide in the middle of the movie is named painless mm-hmm. uh so i think that was interesting uh and the song i mean the song however i like i think what it's conveying is like you're here you're in the war you're probably you're probably gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like that, like that was the tone it set. Yeah, it set the tone real quick of the movie. Uh, it was uh, I I guess you know, I looked at the only thing I looked up before this movie, um, was what Mash stood for because I never knew. Um, and it stands for Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. Makes mm-hmm. sense. I never I I've, I've just never looked into it what it stood for. But uh, now that I know, this makes sense. Um. That's all I had going into it. So hearing Suicide is Painless is like the first lines of the movie. I'm like, oh, this is a way different movie than what I thought this was. Like, yeah, but it, 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 this this movie opened up very interesting and closed very like it was a cool opening and a cool closing. Like, yeah, uh, no, yeah. And don't don't get me wrong, too. Like as much beef as I do have with the writing of this movie and how much of a product of its time it is, I do think. It was visually very, very fun to look at. I thought uh, the acting was superb. Uh, like, and the sets were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I loved watching this. Like, I like visually, it was a fun experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I think we'll get. Obviously, visual experience has evolved as we've developed CGI and stuff. But like, early on here with physical sets. Fuck, I love that stuff. So I can't wait to really, really pick that. It's kind of nice watching a movie like this because what you see in camera, like, is legit. Like, everything's legit. When they're flying helicopters and stuff, like, they're They're legitimately flying helicopters there. Like, that's a legitimate dude flying a helicopter right there. Like, it's just kind of, uh, this movie was all in camera, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just film. No, there's no computer like no crazy effects happening. It's just yep. straight film, and it was a. Uh, it's kind of a, nice to have a movie like that, you know, not oh, super 100%. flashy and everything going crazy all the time. But oh, one hundred percent. I uh, it and like that's that's really the high point of this movie for me. Uh, I think that the the visual elements of the movie are really what make it and. I mean, some of the dialogue was really witty and funny. There was plenty. There was plenty that. I mean, there wasn't plenty. There was some that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't flawed in logic and ideology. But oh, all in all, like there was one line where they're t- like at the end of the movie where they're about to do the football game, and the way that they convince people to allow this football game is like, hey, you know, like instilling football over here is another way we can instill the American way. And I was like, duh. <laughs> 
of course. Yeah. Like they took like the American sport. Like mm-hmm. I know baseball's the American sport, but like that had already made its way to a ton of countries around the world and stuff. Like mm-hmm. but football, that was like the American that's an American sport inherently. So like they were like, fuck it, man, let's just have these dudes knock the shit out of each other. What and I the, thought that was funny. The only uh storyline that I was like confused with was like the seventeen year old boy or whatever. And like they got him examined or whatever. Were they trying to get him out of the arm? Like not. Ho-John. What was his name? Ho John. Ho John. And like yeah, what? what so what was that about? Yeah, what was so that about? So I, I took that like they really made him a background character in the movie, but like the the moments where they did bring him up were like the most compelling. Like uh, where in the and when he's introduced, he's learning how to read English from the Bible with mm-hmm. uh, Major Duval. Or not Major Duval, Major Burns, played by Robert Duval, who, fun fact, will be in our 1972 movie, The Godfather, as Tom Hagen. But uh, I, I thought that was a good place to kick it off, especially when Tom Skerritt hands him a nudie mag mm. and is like, "Go have fun with this kid, all right?" <laughs> and he runs off, and like, there's like an obvious like l- l- like uh, like a love for this kid amongst the the dudes. Like they like they want what's best for him, and they're like trying, and like. That that like honestly was the best was another one of the best parts mm. of this movie. Like whenever they they gave him something so that his blood pressure was really high and he, yeah. So they were they trying were like, to get him to not become a soldier. Army. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. They, they were trying to prevent him from having to do what they go through what they go through. Like, so okay, that, I thought that because uh, whenever the doctor was like, "I'll keep him here," you know, because he could have just had a drug or whatever, and then they were like, "Dang it!" I thought they like. The whole time, like, this movie was so, like, wrong on so many things. I thought they were trying to do this kid dirty, like, the whole time. I didn't think they were on his side. No, they were so, they like, were trying to prevent him from having to mm. join the war. Like, they didn't want him to go through any of the fighting. They wanted, I, As far as I'm concerned, maybe, mm-hmm. like, maybe that, that makes, that makes totally, way more sense. Maybe yeah, I just totally I missed. But No, I don't – I think I was just – Gotcha. I, like, because whenever he came, like – because he was early in the movie, and then he just came in, like – well, eighty percent the way through, or something like that, or yeah. like you know, like the, way way I, later I on. Don't, I I think that it's fair of you to have assumed that, uh, mm. given the setting, <laughs> who we're yeah. dealing with, a bunch of white American soldiers, and I thought on, they were playing some prank or on, on, something. On you know, I was like, that yeah, make, that would make sense. Like that that would make logical sense given the time and the period <laughs> and the people we're dealing with. However, mm. I truly think this was one of the times where they did something kind of right with the movie. Uh, mm. Where they treated the, this kid, they treated this kid properly and tried to get tried to get him to not be in the army. Uh, because I like the martini scenes, and I and now I like the kid scenes. Yeah, yeah, they were. I, I dig. Yeah, the the olive that like that whole thing like that was fun. Man like, cannot I, savor a martini. Yeah, man, without an olive. <laughs> and the fact that he drops it from like oh, yeah. Yeah, way up, like for no reason, like I, 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 I mean, it looked cool. It, Elliot Gold's a smooth know. motherfucker, and boy, oh boy, I mean Donald Sutherland and. Elliot Gold are some cute motherfuckers in this movie. I'm not gonna lie, they look good. Especially, he even had the like Elliot Gold had the porn stash and everything. Uh, yeah, he was uh he, he was killing it with the facial hair. You ever watch? Movie. You ever watch Friends? Mm-mm. I mean, I know. Uh, I never watched it like religiously. Yeah. I've I've watched it as episodes came on. Elliot but, uh... Gold plays Ross and uh, Monica's dad. Oh. Uh, Interesting. He's, uh, he's he's gray haired by then, and mm-hmm. he's, he's def like he's fifties, like he's definitely older. Yeah, it's looking funny, at like what Donald Sutherland looks like him. now, like it's just weird looking at what these actors look like now. Like uh... always, so weird. Like going back to like see, like one of the most the best examples of that for me is Mark Hamill. Like it's like it's really interesting what he looks like now compared to what he looked like in seventy seven, mm-hmm. like. I don't know why. Like, I think Harrison Ford, it tracks. Carrie Fisher, it tracks. Mark Hamill, though, I was like, this is a little weird. Like, I don't know. It just looks looks a little funky compared comparatively. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I always, every time I see Luke old, I just, like, immediately just think, wise old Jedi. Like, he just looks, in his old age, he just looks, I don't know. Like, whenever he has his long beard, no, he yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. that. But, uh. I see what you're saying. He kind of does not like track like with age. Like I, there's something, but I do think there's something, uh, something for all these characters here that does track with mm-hmm. age. Like Donald Sutherland, like I think that's definitely what that dude looks like older. Robert Duvall, 
he practically looks the same, just with like a little bit, like a little bit more age. And Elliot Gold, obviously, he doesn't have the uh, the uh, rugged, sexy thing going on that he did <laughs> in the seventies, but he's still a uh, he's still a good looking man. Mm. Yeah, he uh, he was a sex machine too. Uh, just yeah, they were, they were women. I want sex. I want sex. Like it, oh. and I, yeah, just he was like the talker that like yeah that. <laughs> But uh, well, and I, I want to go back to the dentist, dude. Apparently, mm. apparently he had a huge cock. Yeah, huge dong. Huge he was well, cock. and the dudes in the army line up to see it. These yeah. hands were thirsty. Yeah, and then they they played the fairy card after that. So like it, it was very interesting to see everybody in like the uh, the camp looking at this dude's penis and being like, man, I would kill to see that thing angry like that was a line you that know that a, a dude movie, yeah. said then they yeah then they uh I, it was a i don't know it was a just uh had truly just didn't you don't know what to expect from this movie no like you never do at any the point. next minute it could be something totally different like a football game why is there a football game in this movie you know like i right. didn't know like, there was and i was like game. as soon as that got brought up i was like <laughs> fucking of course like of course this is just <laughs> This drudgery of sexual angst and fucking misogyny and toxic masculinity culminates in a fucking football game. Of course, and then you have the cheerleaders and how how they make them so dumb and have no idea what's going on and literally like like ah oh, man like of course that's how the movie had to end. You know, like it's just fitting for the movie, I guess. But uh, no, like I like I. I since I watched it in 30-minute chunks, it's fascinating because I get the first part of the movie and I'm like, okay, I have a general feel for what's going on. Second half of the movie, or the second like quarter of the movie, I'm like, okay, there's a lot of wild shit that just happened. Third third part of the movie, I'm like, okay, now, now I know it's just them hanging out, sexually harassing women. I generally get the idea. Mm-hmm. And then I turn on the, thir- the last 30 minutes and they're like, let's play a fucking football game. And I'm like, what the Let's go to Japan, save this dude's life, play some golf, come back. Now we're going uh, like the thing is is that like they showed two dudes playing catch at the beginning of the movie and diving into a mud pile and yeah. that was their football team. They didn't have it like I just it was out of nowhere, like literally. Like I wonder like I wonder if this was in the script or if it was literally just like, yeah, we want to take you guys on and they're like, "Hmm." Let's actually, I don't know. Like, I mean, this was probably, I mean, definitely in the script because the whole game had to be written and stuff yeah, anyways. But, but I yeah. wonder if someone improvised like, like, let's play football. And they were like, okay, fine. We'll write that in, I guess. Like, yeah. Uh, whenever you're thinking of them writing this movie, you're thinking, okay, they're in their barracks. You know, they, they hang out, they do funny stuff there. Some other they're big, going, dick, yeah, they're, big dick swinging dudes show yeah. up and are like, hey, we got they, a football team. And then like one of them can't yeah. stand that the other dude has a football <laughs> team and they don't. So they have to be like, we got a football team too. Fuck, now I'm lying about having a football team and I got to put this shit together. Like, And they're like, I know what to do. Let's get the black guy. Mm. Like, like that, that, was, uh, that was another one that mm. I was like, okay, interesting. And... Interestingly enough, Dr. Jones here, played by Fred Williamson, uh, once played for our hometown, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Man, so what a it, this movie just it, it it just made sense to start with this movie for some reason. It just for some how reason. did fifty two line up to nineteen seventy and it just lined up with Mash? Like although the movie yeah got some problems, but like Kansas City. Um, two dudes from Kansas City from this movie, at right? Least, you know? As far as so, we yeah, know. who who knows who's from KC from this movie? Maybe this is just a a KC born movie. No, but uh, we also got there was a mention of Sedalia, Missouri, at some point, like in yeah. the background over a PA system. Like I was mm-hmm. like, hey, I and know on, what they're talking about. Yeah, Sedalia, Missouri, and then on a board, like there was like boards yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah, Missouri was like one of the things it was pointing to, like. They wanted okay. to show some fucking love, I guess. He want, Robert Altman wanted to show some fucking love to Kansas City, Missouri, I suppose. But, I mean, he got a fucking Chiefs player in the movie who who did go on to be an actor, Fred Williamson. He was uh, in several, like, black exploitation films there at the beginning of the mm. 70s and stuff. And, uh, like, he, he actually is probably better known for being an actor than ever playing in the profession, in professional football, interestingly mm. enough. But uh, yeah, well, what a way to end the movie. 
No, yeah, it was. And uh, oh man, I guess the end was was the when yeah they got to go home at the very end. And see that that very point in the movie made me go okay. Like I got the tone. Like uh, after like because I didn't know what I was supposed to be taking from this movie because just like my headspace is so different than somebody watching it in 1970. Like, at the end of the movie, when it's like, it's supposed to be a heartwarming ending. Like, you were, and that made me realize that was supposed to be the tone of the whole movie. Like, them trying to, just trying to get by. And I was like, okay, that makes me like it a little bit more. I can generally get the idea here. It was anti-war. Nobody wanted to be here, and so on and so forth. I just had trouble with plenty of the jokes along the way. Yeah. Um, It's a movie that, it is kind of like you have that moment of like, oh, that's how I was – that's how I'm supposed to feel. Like yeah. if I was in the 70s watching this movie, that's how I'd feel. That's what they're going – okay. Like yeah, like – Exactly. And uh, like when, whenever Donald Sutherland walks in, Hawkeye walks into that to the off, to the operating room and he's like, hey, he just told us we can go home. And the dude was like – like right now, now can i can you yeah, so like, can you finish this up so i can get the fuck out of here like i, I realized wanted, like, oh yeah. shit this they were like the point of this movie was to feel sorry for them to an extent understand why they're doing the things they're doing is to just survive and have some laughs along the way mm-hmm. and then and then to end it with him going home i was like you know what that is how i want this movie to end and uh mm-hmm. and i uh i'm and ultimately that seals the whole anti-war message like everyone wants to go home and when mcintyre can't go home he's absolutely devastated to watch to watch hawkeye leave mm-hmm. like oh and they don't man. yeah and they don't want to he doesn't like want to admit it though no, it's like no yeah it's it's just get out of here before they change their mind you know like yeah. just leave man like just get out of here yeah um yeah it was uh I'm glad that they like got. I, I'm glad that that like that's how it ended. They're out, and like even when he had like the vision in his mind of running to his family, you know, like yeah. that, like he had that thought, and he's like, "Oh, right now I can leave." You know, like it was instant. It was like, instant. He was, he was like, "I cannot yeah, wait like, to be there." Thank God. Oh. Like every part of the war they showed in this movie was like the worst of the war. You know, like yeah, yeah. They didn't show most of the war at all because you know the, that's not what the movie was about. Yeah. But every time that something popped up from the war it was a guy getting you know blood literally just dying like dudes dying on the table or a dude grabbing the wrong syringe you forgot your shingle yeah like oh man i'm i'm glad that that's how it ended like and it it did make me realize like wow yeah I, i guess it's a hard it was a hard movie for us to get into yeah. And like relate to the characters and you well, know and have that heart. I'm, I'm yeah, inherently yeah. coming, and, and that's what's interesting is at the end of the movie because of those realizations, I'd probably, I'd probably enjoy this movie a little bit more on a, a second watch. Movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. because like uh, at the beginning of the movie, like I do, I don't like Hawkeye. I don't, I don't like McIntyre. Like McIntyre pulls up, he's he pulls up. Like I'll read you the high notes I took, so I'm baked, mm-hmm. and I. All right, dude just pulled up with olives in his coat for martinis. I fucking love this guy. My very next, my very next note. Never mind. I forgot he was a straight white man in the fifties. Very much so a piece of shit. Typical for the time. It uh. And then the my olives, next line yeah. was. <laughs> my next line was he does have an absolute cannon though because it was when he threw the football. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it, the, whenever he pulled the olives out, it like, I know it's a comedy, but I was like. This dude just carries around a can- like he wasn't even expecting a martini. No, at all just, before he was prepared, this. Though, for a he was ready. Yeah, if that it, dude has came, olives on him. <laughs> dude was ready with olives. No, and but, see, uh, like my my opinion of that McIntyre kept bouncing back and forth because there was mm. a la- there was a part later in the movie where someone was uh, sexually harassing someone else, and he approached and punched that dude in the face. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah! Or, no wait, no wait. It was that wasn't it. Was, it. Uh, it was because some do some doctor blamed a kid for a death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, the uh, whenever he grabbed the wrong needle, he asked for a cardiac needle, and the yeah. kid like started crying. And then, you know, you killed him. Good job. You know, that's what he said. Good job. You killed him. 
and yeah, then McIntyre was, like, was not having that, which I appreciated. That was <laughs> yeah, that was, was that was like, a cool moment. I yeah, was, was like, a, you know what? Good for you. And he really, I love that they were like realistic with it. He smacked the fuck out of him and was like, "Fuck that hurt." <laughs> yeah, that was the most realistic punch I've seen in a movie because like the dude's hand hurts and he's like leg- legitimately like I, he might have like actually, actually punched him. this man. Like I think in the I think he asked him like just for the movie. He's like, "Dude, just punch me." I like. I rewound it and just kept watching it. Like, it looks like a legitimate punch. The way he holds his face and, like, reacts, like, he's legitimately, like, in pain. Like, that legit hurt him because he's even, even after, like, they, they're all out of the room, everything, he's like, I didn't expect that dude to get up. You know, like, he says, like, when I punched him, I didn't expect him to get up, but he did. Like, I think it was truly, like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I do feel like he actually punched him in the movie, but. No, I, I I feel that for sure. I I want to I want to take down a little a few more of these notes I took because some of them are pretty funny. Uh, I have I have one here that says rib cutter sounds like an absolute nightmare of a tool. Uh, I heard rib cutter at some point and was like fuck that, uh, and I took that down. Uh, I don't even want to know. I'll I, Google I, it. I'm though. assuming it cuts ribs, uh, which is just fucking painful <laughs> one of my notes is the way everyone in this movie excessively shakes hands yeah this uh rib cutter looks straight out of like a torturer tool set um, yeah yeah i'm fine with just never yeah, thinking about a rib cutter ever again <laughs> but uh what what uh what, what are some of these more notes you got uh the fact that they drugged this dude during the game feels uh really racist uh yeah that felt painful. I was like, mm. "Oh, dude, uh, there's like there's an obvious reason why they do that to the to the to a black character, not a white mm. character." Like, it's, yeah, I'm, yeah. It was uh the only part of that that was funny is the fact that his arm was so still, like during the, it was so unrealistic the way that he pulled oh, like, yeah, like, it out and then like the cotton swab. The cotton, yeah, like yeah, it was that that was kind of funny. But well, that was a little goofy. But, uh, and like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think that the the general idea of this situation is funny. It's just it, because like I can't help but project project a feeling of racism because they're definitely that. not. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a reason the guy that's making a fool of himself in this situation is the black guy. Like. Yeah. The you have the white the the white dude that's just like smoking weed on the you know on the sideline whatever he's just chilling like in, in this and then you have him like thinking he's in a track meet or whatever like yeah you know just doing all these events and but yeah oh, this is uh, a this is an interesting note uh, I was uh, I was baked I do <laughs> think this is a character the movie thrives on sexist homophobic racist and toxically masculine comedy hard to say whether it's making fun of these men. Where the comedy is supposed to be simply the things they say and do. Yes. And like, for, I, I was watching it through the lens of they're making fun of these guys. Yeah, that's how I was watching it. I was watching, like, but I don't. No, they were not. They were not yeah. making fun of these guys. They were not. Like, that. that's how I was watching it the whole time. Or, like, a majority of the movie before I just realized, like, oh. No, this is the 70s. This is legitimately just what they're doing. Yeah. Like, I, I'm giving this movie way too much credit. And like you know, for for what it's trying to do. No, I was too. But, uh, I was like, I was like, it, this is either like really ahead of its time or like really. Yes, the time. that's how. That is how the only like that was the main thought that was going through my mind the whole movie. Like, okay, this movie is either like super based and like crazy that this is in the seventies and like they're killing it, or it's like. Well, and, like, that's like, what's that's <laughs> what's interesting about it though is that it has that satirical spirit, so you know they were like. They had an idea of what they wanted to do. They just weren't nearly progressive enough to understand it. Like mm-hmm. it was like, and and frankly, they they didn't truly believe in those progressive standards, or else they would have been a part of the movie. Like it's like, it it's it's it is just interesting. My next note after that was, after I watched a little bit more. Okay, I do think it is caricature, mm-hmm. and that some of these and that some of these men's personalities are so overwhelmingly over the top. I can't help but think they're making fun of them. However, I do gather from the tone of the film that we are in some way supposed to admire Hawkeye and McIntyre. Yeah. Uh, like despite them being overtly pigs. Yes. Uh, they were like every guy looked up to them. Like everyone in the camp looked up to them. Like they were the cool guys. They were the, guys. Dudes. They were the yeah. dudes. Mhm. And yeah, it's 
And I don't think they were making fun of that aspect. Like they were supposed to be the coolest guys on campus and it wasn't supposed to be questions about it. There needs to be a modern remake. Like this would, this could be like really funny, like modernized. And if you basically take this movie and make it actually based, you know, like actually. Well, and you can even set it in the same period. Like you don't have to make it a modern war, just a modern remake. Well, that, that's what I meant. Yeah, I meant like still same time period, but oh, no, modern I'm with, ideas. I'm with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it. Uh, I wonder. I mean, the show. Like, when was the show a thing? Uh, it, like, a couple years after, like this, like seventy-two, I think is when it starts. And it lasted in t- eleven seasons. Interesting. So. Till 1983 is when it stopped. So gotcha. that's the last MASH. Is that the last MASH content that's ever been released? I think that's the last, assume? last MASH content that ever existed. <laughs> that's an interesting sentence to say. but uh, No, yeah, MASH content. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it is interesting, though, because, like, the uh, the show is set around these same characters, just mm-hmm. different actors. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Hawkeye and McIntyre are still the main – Trapper John McIntyre are still the main characters. Uh Hawkeye played by Alan Alda, which mm. is just mm. wild because yeah, I gotta, I gotta give this show a watch. Maybe now, uh, I, mean, I'll, I don't know that I'll ever, I'll, I'll ever really dive in, but you know, I just want the general idea of mm-hmm. kind of what the show's about. I mean, like um, it, like, like I said, it is important as a to- cultural touchstone in American television history. Mm. Like it's, I think uh, looking at the actors of the show, I think this is uh, Uncle Junior from The Sopranos is in the show. Dominic Cianese? Oh, never mind. This He looks exactly like him, though. This guy's name is Jamie Farr, oh. born Jamil Joseph Farah. I don't know what – I'm assuming he's known as Jamie Farr because that's his Wikipedia page. Yeah, Jamie Farr. But he he looks just like Uncle Junior. Holy crap. That's crazy. I can see it, I can see it for sure. He does look a lot like Corrado. At least his Wikipedia of... picture. It's the, the it's the glasses. It's just the junior glasses, I think, that yeah, that's really doing pulling it. it together for you. But nah, yeah. I mean it, it does seem like it would be uh, and like I said, it was like Game of Thrones when it was in its last season, the numbers it was pulling down on TV, like they weren't coming close to MASH. Hmm. Yeah, which is like, holy shit! Because like, I mean, when Mash was on, you also got to take into account there was like five TV shows, but uh, <laughs> but that's however, that's I never thought about. Yeah, like, but it's this is like, I think the only thing to beat it, like overall, like it's hard to compare like a show from the seventies and then like Stranger Things. Or like a Squid Game because like more people watched Squid Game and like Stranger Things, but like Squid Game's not a better show than Mash. I'm assuming like I'm just assuming Mash is a better show than Squid Game. You know, like yeah, well, and that's what's interesting though is that like it, it really is like how how much do we weigh the historical impact of something compared to the messaging of something that modernly might be saying something more impactful you know what Mm. i'm saying like yeah it's it's interesting to think about Mm. yeah what uh i'm i'm very curious to see what like if the tv show is more self-aware and if they are making fun and because i really hope it's not just the same thing just uh spread out even more (laughs) but this was uh, a a good starting place. Um, hope you know we'll get we'll get some movies that that don't go too hard with the uh, the political correctness. Um, no, yeah, I think this. Was, I, I'm I'm thinking this will be our worst one. Yeah, uh, I, I'm thinking that'll be the case. Uh, I want to I want to draw this the attention to this real quick. Mash, their finale drew in, or I'll start with Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones uh, drew in, and its finale. 20 million viewers. 20 million. Dang. And in MASH's finale, it drew 106 million Holy crap. Yeah. Holy crap. That's like... That's like... 
I mean, it's not Super Bowl. How how many people watch the Super Bowl? No, listen to this. Listen to this. The advertising time in that that finale, $450,000 for a 30-second ad, was more than the ad slots for the 1983 Super Bowl. The the 2021 Super Bowl, which apparently is the lowest watched Super Bowl since 2007, was 96 million people. So MASH, like, destroyed that, which is insane. Like, I'm looking at the average, like, Super Bowl viewings, and it's, like, 30, 40, 50. Like, how is that? How did they say that was? Oh, never mind. There's the real number. Yeah, so they the highest Super Bowl looks to be 114 million. So MASH is even bigger than the biggest Super Bowl. <laughs> Just about That's there. That's wild. Anyway. That is – oh, wait, what What was Matt – I thought you said – oh, okay, never mind. So, I mean, yeah, so, so it's almost basically there. as almost as big as the biggest Super Bowl, which is insane. That's – and that's because, like, the biggest Super Bowl, though, a lot more people had access to a TV. Yeah. Like – What year was that? It was, uh, it was like, 2000, like, 15 or 16 or something like that. Jeez, so, that's crazy. yeah, like, very modern. Yeah, yeah. So that's that is wild. I didn't I didn't know it was that big. I knew it was big and it's like the biggest of all time, but like I guess I never really thought of how big well, it, it was. It was like I don't I don't want to say it was the first of its kind. I mean like cuz I mean like the Twilight Zone existed and stuff like there were still big shows and stuff, but like mm. I don't know. The mash drew in people in a way that just didn't resonate with others, I guess. Wow. The same year, the Super Bowl. Wow. Come on, man. Kansas City versus Minnesota. What are the odds that that's the Super Bowl? That only pulled in 44 million that year. Like they almost tripled. Not I mean, I like that's like they almost tripled the Super Bowl in the same year. That is wild. That is fucking like, absurd. I think that's enough to get me to at least watch a couple episodes. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty cult. It's a cultural touchstone for sure. But shit, man, I hit all my notes that I wanted to cover. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't have much else to say on Mash. You want to get some final thoughts in? Just maybe we go like, uh, we'll go like uh, out of five. Like we'll we'll give it like a five star. I have an, a very interesting rating system, and I want to know if, if, if you're down with this. This is how my it. cousins rate movies, and um, they have, like, three different categories. They have film, they have comedy, and then they just have, like, uh, movies that don't fit in comedy or film. So, yeah. like, this this would be a, a comedy movie. They wouldn't put yeah. this as a film. A film is, like, Interstellar yeah, or, like, a, you know, a an epic like yeah. film like meant to be Experience. something amazing a comedy is a, a comedy and then anything else is like superhero movies um Action movies that aren't supposed to be as taken as seriously as a film gotcha so and i think that's an important distinction to make when you're rating a film oh, I'm so they start with that that that's the first part of the rating is just saying whether it's a film comedy or just misc movie basically and then they give a scale from one to ten so, like, The Departed is, like, one of their favorite movies. They, they say that's a film 9 or a film 10 on some days that's is, like, what they sense. say. Um, good. I'm, I'm glad The Departed's on our list. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, maybe we could have some other categories, like well, no, film, that, comedy, and misc is kind sure. of – Like, I was thinking in my yeah. head, like, we'll kind of we'll, – we'll make it relevant to the genre. Like, yeah. it – if we're if we're comparing a Star Wars to a Mash, an eight out of ten on these scales is not the same. You know yes, what I'm saying? Like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, like it's just it's just not. And uh, and to like I mean, to to your point, like I'm trying to think of like film film. Like I'm not gonna look and watch La La Land the same way I watch Mash. Like I I I 100% get what you're saying. So like mm-hmm. we'll make it relevant to the to the topic at hand and I think that it's important that we look at this as a a movie from 1970, a comedy from the 1970s. Uh it has aged poorly. However, there are still good aspects 
Therefore, I throw this movie like smack dab in the middle at like two and a half out of five stars. You know what I'm saying? Like two and a half to three stars out of five. That's what I was about to say. Because yeah. out of ten, I'd maybe give it a six. It was either a five or six is what I what initially was pulling out. So two point five. Wouldn't give it a three out of five, maybe yeah. on a good day. Yeah, you know, like, I'll go, I'll go two and a half out of, out of five stars. That's I think right. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with the two and a half. All right, all yeah, right. That sounds so like, good. So, do you want to do the the five star system or the scale of one to ten? I think uh, maybe we just have like five stars, and then but we make the distinction between, um, like between that this is. Like a, this isn't a film two and a half. No. Like this isn't a, like a two and a half out of five on a, on a film spectrum. This is like, I guess maybe our, we can give a general five star every, for every movie. And then maybe give that like other, like well, as a comedy, well, how does this movie the, perform? Uh, I think that's what the, uh, the whole review segment is for. Like we, oh. we, we clarify mm-hmm. plenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? that's true. That's true. Uh, um, I guess maybe, feel. maybe instead of just clarifying, maybe we give like three scores. We give the score just as a film, like ha- how the movie scores, like a storyline, all that stuff. Okay. We give, Whatever the genre of the movie is, how well it pertains to that, like so, basically, how how good of a comedy this was, um, and then and maybe like, like and then like, yeah, just how much you enjoyed the movie, like, okay. uh, I think that's th- those I are think some, it's fair, yeah. Uh, so so like on a on that on that five on that five star scale for a general for a general film, I go I go two out of five. Okay, uh, I'm there. Uh, for a comedy. As it is, this is this is on the fun. This is on the funny side. It's it does its job. Like I know what was generally supposed to be the tone. So you know what, I'm a go. I'm a go. That generous two point five, maybe three out of five. I'll give it a three out of five for comedy. Um, just because I I like if someone in the 1970s was watching this, this is getting a lot of laughs, like in the theater. Oh, like, and I mean, like it was it was nominated for five Academy Awards. It mm-hmm. won an Academy Award for the best screenplay. Like mm-hmm. it, it was critically acclaimed for the time. Like this was, this was a culturally relevant and impactful movie. And so I, that can't be dismissed, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think a three out of five on the comedy scale is, is fair. And you know, that's probably about where it falls. And my enjoyment of the movie, it wasn't the best movie I've ever watched, but I, I definitely didn't dislike it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so right there in the middle is probably fair at that, that two, I'll go straight up in the middle again, two and a half out of five stars. Yeah. Uh, is this kind of a middle, a middle of the road movie today is, is yeah. how it is, is, is it today? It is a middle of the road movie. I'd recommend watching it. Just go in knowing that there is some stuff, you know, that you probably won't agree with. Yep. Trigger um, warning sexism homophobia <laughs> racism uh sexual harassment uh, uh suicide like there there's a lot of stuff covered in this movie there's a lot of gore there's a lot of blood like it's like it's 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 all over the place and mm-hmm. uh i think for the time it's an all right movie you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah nice nice way to start it off um we have a lot of great movies coming up that I'm very excited for. So one down and fifty one to go, buddy. Let's go. Yeah, I'm excited. Hell yeah. Well, uh, that'll conclude it. This was uh this was our opening to twenty twenty two. Fifty two films. Uh, here we are. Here we are, one down. Uh this was the Penny Bloom Podcast. Twas I, Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph Motherfucking George. Thank you very much, buddy. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, it's always a pleasure for me to be here. Oh, of course. uh, course. Can't wait for next week. I can't wait either. And next week we will be covering 1971's A Clockwork Orange, another Stanley Kubrick film uh, after 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, It's uh, this one's going to be fucking weird. That's what Mm -hmm. I'll tell you. Interesting. Uh, It's going to be fucking weird. Never seen it. So I'll give I'll give her a watch. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, buddy. I uh, I look forward to it and uh, head to patreon.com slash Bloom where you'll find over well over 20 hours of content, uh, exclusive content to that website. I also put up a bunch of uh, posters and digital artwork and paintings and stuff that I do over there uh, not to be seen anywhere else. Uh, and that money obviously is used to 
keep making the podcast. Cost money to put this thing out. I'm not making any. We don't do ad sales or anything. So this is this is what I'm doing. So if you could support, that'd be awesome. Head to uh, Twitter and follow at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. And uh, like I said on Twitter, you'll uh, you'll be seeing some more updates for like what's to come in general. Like uh, we're currently also covering the book of Boba Fett. So go check those out. And uh, it's, it's, it's a joy. It's a joy. Loving that so far. I'm just going to assume loving that so far, Uh, but yeah, head over there to hear our thoughts on it. And remember peace, love and bloom and always praise Keanu Reeves.